0: Hello, I'm Lisa Smazarski, Editor-in-Chief of Stylists, and welcome to Stylist Live Sessions, our series of inspiring talks and thought-provoking conversations recorded live at our annual Festival of Inspiration. This episode, we're doing things a bit differently because you're going to hear me in conversation with my colleague, Gemma Crisp, and we're talking about the rise of stylists and what I've learned about women since we launched the brand over 13 years ago. It's hard to imagine it is that long. Now, as this session is recorded live at the Churriman Brewery,
1: you might hear a bit of background noise, but here's what we had to say. Lisa Smazarski has been the editor-in-chief of Stylers since October 2009. Back then, the world of women's magazines was very, very different. The term body positivity didn't exist. Feminism was practically a dirty word, and Instagram hadn't even launched yet, let alone TikTok. In a lot of ways, stylists broke the mould of what a women's magazine was supposed to be. We refused to feature diets, plastic surgery, paparazzi pics, um, celebrity gossip. No. Instead, we ran features on board quotas, egg freezing, and how to be a better feminist ally. Fast forward 13 years, 13 years, we're a teenager. Stylus continues to champion women and advocate on your behalf. And steering the ship throughout has been Lisa. Now, there are some things you don't know about Lisa Smoserski. Her first time editing a magazine was at Smash Hits when she was just 25. <laughs> we share a love of red pandas. She has a very infectious laugh, and she's absolute glutton when it comes to anything cheese-related. But what has she learned about women during her time at Stylist? We're about to find out. Please join me. Welcome to the stage, Lisa Smazarski.
0: All the wrong way it's all the wrong way round. It's all the wrong way round. I've been sitting there
1: for the whole time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've taken my seat. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, thank you, Lisa, for stepping in at the last minute.
0: Welcome.
1: What a joy. What a joy. Um, now, Sally was going to talk about how to cut your own fringe and other life hacks Your hair is one of your signatures. (laughs) What have you learned about fringe cutting in your time?
0: Have have, you ever had a fringe? I have had a fringe and I did cut it myself once. (laughs) And uh, you know, like your hair is wet. It's a different length (laughs) to when it's dry. And it took me the hard way (laughs) to learn this in real life. I think I was about... 2021, 20, and I was going on a date, my fringe was, I had one of those Liz Hurley fringes, and um, I was like, oh, it's a bit long, I'll cut it. So I wet it, pulled it, oh. cut it, and then it was really teeny tiny. So I think it's good if we don't, I <laughs> don't give advice okay. on cutting That's fringes. my first and last
1: hair question, so <laughs> you're good, you're good. Um, let's go back to the beginning. How was stylist born? I mean, you didn't give birth to stylus, but you kind of did. It feels like a child. It yeah. does feel like a child, yeah. Um, so,
0: well, yeah, like you said, we're 13 years old and I was... Uh, a big fan of a magazine called Shortlist, which was a men's uh, free magazine, our, our brother title um, before we launched. And um, I just was really impressed that it was given away for free. It was an amazing quality. There were a fantastic team that worked on it. And I always thought to myself, oh my God, imagine if there was a female, one of those. But I didn't do anything about it, to be honest. But then I got a call one day and I was editing more at the time. And yes, more. <laughs> and We've had um, a big
1: cheer for Smash it's what I had a big cheer for more.
0: <laughs> I mean. All the magazines, I've been lucky. Um, and they said, oh, we really think about launching this female version of shortlist. Would you be interested? And I just jumped at the opportunity because... What I really liked about the fact that it was being distributed differently. We could reach different audiences, but in a way it would be a liberation. We would be able to speak to women differently too. And I think having worked on newsstand magazines, I I could hear people were really fatigued with what they were being delivered. A lot of women felt that magazines were actually quite mean about women. You know, we, they talked bad about women, they pointed out their flaws, it's the terrible a circle, circle of shame, shame existed. At the time. Yeah. I mean, just dreadful. We were being fed that as consumers. So I spent a lot of time talking to women about what they wanted from a magazine. And, and that's what Stylist became, really, was an answer to what we were being fed at the time. And a magazine for really for women like me who actually can cover the whole gambit of the human experience. We do this on a night out, <laughs> but um, over a bottle of wine, you can cover a hell of a lot of topics and you can talk about politics and you can talk about feminism, but equally, you might talk about what you're wearing at the weekend or you might talk about your relationship. You know, we, we are amazing and we flit around. And what I wanted was to create a magazine that covered that experience and spoke on a level to our
1: audience. And am I right in thinking, just after launch, you had some people who were like, give it a year?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, there were naysayers. So there were were a bunch of rules. You've mentioned some of them that we had before we launched. So um, one was that we wouldn't put paparazzi photographs on the cover. We wanted, if we were gonna have a celebrity on a cover, we wanted the respect of speaking to them, people that we, we really admired and we wanted to have an on the level conversation. We said that we were feminist. Now, at the time, I genuinely went into a meeting and said, we're going to be a feminist magazine. And someone went, ah, I'll see how long that lasts. And I thought, I will prove you wrong. This is what women want. Like, this, this is, of course I want equality. I'm a woman. Why would I not want equality? So there were a bunch of people who just couldn't believe that you could do a magazine differently. Uh, so, yeah, there were the doubters. And as someone who's naturally competitive, it was quite nice to uh, go out there and prove them wrong.
1: Interesting that you mentioned feminism there because, as I just mentioned in the intro, 13 years ago, it was, it was not well, no, a thing. It was a thing, but it was kind of looked down on. It had it, it
0: become very negative around feminism, actually. I, think, I don't think people lost the idea that they wanted equality, but feminist was tainted as a term. And actually, if you think, Stylist launched prior to... Someone's very excited. Um, prior to um, Catelyn Moran writing her book, Um, there was people like Scarlett who came along, Scarlett Cassis who came along, Feminists Don't Wear Pink. It was just before this next wave. And I do think we were quite influential, actually, in trying to challenge people to talk about feminists because... I just thought, I can't do a women's magazine that doesn't try and fight for women and doesn't try and call out the inequity that's going on. So, you know, actually that just had to be part of our DNA, but it wasn't fashionable. I will say that, it really wasn't fashionable. But, you know, issue three, we had a... I mean, this is the type of boring memory I have. Issue three, we had um, an article on boardroom quotas and it was all about where could we see where there was inequality still for women and what could we do about it and how could we give it a name and how could we fight for women on their behalf?
1: To put that into context issue three next month it will be issue 600 so <laughs> and I well done old. Lisa for uh, <laughs> persevering. You mentioned stylus DNA just then and we've talked about what we don't put in stylists but what what do we, what is the core part of the DNA, besides feminism, obviously? Um, what else is there that's core stylist DNA?
0: Yeah, so we do, one of the things, and, you know, I, have to, I really have to keep saying this, like, I've worked with the most amazing team, and these are the rules that we all work by and really believe in, and, you know, that's for the whole breadth of everyone that works on stylists. But, you know, there, there is a real thing about treating women intelligently, about not being patronising, yes intelligence we have it <laughs> but it was you know it was about that it was you know, the fighting for equality being a cheerleader and a champion for women um what we didn't do was more important actually because it was the um difference between the other titles i didn't want any diets in stylists because i just felt we were dictated to all the time about how women should look and behave and God, we were smart enough to know that actually fad diets weren't going to work. Um, and I just wanted a space where everyone felt included, not just someone who fitted a certain ideal. Um, And what else can we do? Yeah, no negative paparazzi. So it was these are the founding principles. And to be honest, I think that's about respect. It's about respecting our audience, being on a level with our audience. And actually what was interesting is that is what women wanted. And that really was the bit where the start of that relationship begins.
1: So what? Really happens in a stylist ideas meeting? <laughs> stylist ideas meetings are like
0: therapy, I've got to be honest. So, every single team, particularly if they're working in any sort of content, we all come together. And the, the question we ask every single meeting is, What do women feel today? Uh, and I use women inclusively, I didn't want to say that as well, you know. W- we want to speak to all women in every capacity. So we all come together and we're all trying, we're like COD psychologists, trying to understand what's happening, what's the mood, how are people feeling? But what inevitably happens is that someone starts to speak up about an experience or something they've witnessed and everyone gets involved. So we know each other very intimately in quite an unusual way for a works, workspace, <laughs> like some of the things we talked about. You, know too, you yeah, know, d- know, too know too much about me. Yeah, we all know too much about it. everyone. Um, so, yeah, but this is our job, I think. It's not about what we want. It's about really understanding what our audience want. How are they changing? How are, how are we all evolving? How can we be useful? Um, and, you know, the team are so good at that. This is second nature to everyone now. It's just... That is our number one question. And that and what can we do for women?
1: I think it goes to show when, you know... We have events like this and people come up to us and go, how are you in my head? I don't understand how you know what's going compliment, in my head. It is, it? It yeah. Is,
0: it's, people, ma- like, it's been one of the things... One of the things i really noticed about Stylist was that um, when we launched, we were refreshing, we were different in the market. And I, I've told this story loads of times, but I put my personal email address into Stylist and on the first Wednesday that we gave Stylist out, I went to a meeting at 8 30am, came back to my desk and I had hundreds and hundreds of emails and I think there's something about the way that we work and the way that we distribute and the way that we listen, the magazine and now the website and social, that people felt it was their brand like a sense of ownership on it and therefore it became our job to really listen to what everyone wanted and to make sure that we, if we got it wrong, we would like We're okay. we'll we'll take it on that and we will listen and we will move on. But hopefully, more often than not, we were delving into their minds. And then this trend started to emerge when people would say, I haven't told anyone that. How do you know how I'm feeling? But this was collective. It's just that we weren't all telling each other. So it created this community, I think, where people really felt that they were in a shared safe space. Mm.
1: How do you think What's the changes that have happened for women? What's been the biggest changes you've seen in women over the years?
0: Yeah, there's been a phenomenal amount of change, I think. And there are some things that we did at the beginning of Stylist Journey I don't think we would do now, actually. So I remember um, we, the, the big trend, actually, when we launched. And we were actually, we were just coming out of a recession as well. So quite similar to where we are Today, you know, looking at this it, sort of uncertain climate. But there's this huge growth in entrepreneurial spirit, like lots of women who wanted to, you know, either climb the ladder or set up their own business. It was very sort of quite clear cut groups of people. And um, we, We catered to that so well. We had these brilliant things. I don't think that's where the world is at now. Like, one of the biggest shifts we've seen is how people define success. Then it was very career-based. And I think now we're in a much healthier place, actually, where you're not prepared. Women are not prepared to give their whole to their careers. They want some of it for themselves. And I think that's been a really positive change because I would say our generation are a bit messed up. We would have worked around <laughs> the clock and Speak did work around the <laughs> clock. But actually there's been a really healthy challenge on how do I get happiness? How do I define success as sitting outside of career? Um, so that's a big shift I've seen. And I think the big, there's been a huge well-being movement, um, conversations around mental health, like, those things have really shifted over the years. And I think there was still a stoicism, you know, back when we launched in 2009, which was completely unhealthy, actually. And yes, this is a very, very challenging right now, I think, for lots of women. Um, but actually, there is more, of a, more agency, I think, for a lot of women now in terms of going, I'm going to own my journey and I'm going to try and have my place in the world.
1: Well, that kind of goes to show, because one of our most popular covers last year was about the power of quitting. Yeah. Um, the death of the career ladder. Don't know if you can see a theme yeah, yeah, happening yeah. here. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that back in, when we launched, it was very much career board Start we would your own never business, have done that, yet. And now it's kind of completely flipped, flipped on, um, especially quiet quitting is like one of the big buzzwords. Has anything remained the same for women? Do
0: you know what? Actually, I don't know if anyone's made it round here. There's um, a stylist stand and we've got lots of pieces of paper where you can put your hopes and dreams. I went round to have a look at that yesterday and there are a huge amount of constants and they are very simple things. They're about relationships they're about finding a level of peace and happiness. There's a lot of traditionalism. I'm still absolutely amazed at how people aspire to marriage as a goal. And actually, it's something we've challenged a lot over the years and questioned the role of marriage. Um, but actually, it's still, it's still very life stage heavy. You know, women are incredibly tough on themselves. That is something that's been a constant. We, we demand a lot of ourselves, put a lot of pressure at different points in our lives to achieve certain things, to be a certain person.
1: And then there's that, a comparison culture issue as well.
0: Yeah, of course, comparison culture, you know, that, that's, that's become more pronounced, if I'm honest. So obviously social media, which can be incredibly uplifting and really useful and a fantastic way to build community or share information, does also allow us to dip into others' lives and only see the shiny bit mm. as well and not the rows of washing and piles of the floor drobe that you've actually got going on in your home. So I think, you know, that these are constant. That the issues that women face, I don't think, have particularly changed. It's just how they are presented to them and how hard that can actually feel when it's being coming at us all the time is one of the big shifts that we're seeing.
1: This year... There's, kind of, there's been some highs for women, the Lionesses win at the yes. World Cup. There's also been some lows, Roe versus Wade.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it a good time
0: to be a woman right now? I think it's a challenging time to be a woman uh, right now. I think we've seen a huge amount of aggression, Roe versus Wade being a particularly big part of that. You know, we are not progressing as fast as we should be in terms of gender pay equality. The rise of the right has been really challenging. We're seeing a lot of racism resurging. Um, We are stepping backwards in some ways. That said, there is more agency. There are more platforms. There are more ways that we can express ourselves, that we can lend our power to um, some of these movements or anti-movements as we sort of try and shift the, the position. Um, there are opportunities that would not have ex- existed 20 years ago—a right to exist in certain areas—but um, it's complicated. I think it's really complicated. We are. What's the word of the year? Permacrisis. Mm. Joyful word of the year. You know, uplifting, we are living, really
1: uplifting.
0: I can't even say exceptional, but I'm going to say exceptional. We are living in a really truly challenging time. So I think people, full stop, are, are having a particularly. Difficult period, and it is very hard to unpick that. But what e- whenever this happens, whenever there are times to challenge it, is women are more affected. Women will be more affected by the economic crisis. They are more affected by things like racism. They are more affected when it comes to work and progression at work in, in times like this. So, look, it's challenging, but I do have a lot of hope. I don't want to be a downer here because. I have had the absolute joy of meeting so many women over this weekend and the energy has been, it's been electric. Like everyone has been so amazing. And what I really see is so many like-minded women who are making a difference, you know, and who actually come to things like that. They chat, they create community like we have that power. That's an amazing opportunity for us to do something with it or just to find comfort, like just to find a kind of reassurance in what can be a really challenging time. So I think, you know, we hold each other up in these times. And, you know, I I feel so, so lucky to have, you know, the support of readers and the audience that we do, because it honestly gives me so much hope. And I hope that we can share that hope and joy with people as well.
1: Yeah. Um, going back to, to, to the stylist, what have been your, your favourite or most surprising moments with the high-profile women that, that, who have appeared in the magazine and on the website and at at our events and things like that.
0: Yeah, you know, we've obviously been incredibly lucky to just work with some of the most inspiring women and I am particularly lucky to have those conversations because I take something from everyone that I meet. I mean, it is just a joy. She
1: hung out with Hillary Clinton, for God's sake. I did. I'm I'm going to have
0: to name drop Hillary Clinton. That's what I'm going to have to do, like a horrible big clang. But we had an amazing opportunity a couple of years ago where Hillary guest-edited... Stylist, And um, it was just one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Myself and my team, Helen and Tom got a call. Tw- we'd been working on this idea for a while, but I got called 24 hours before she was available to fly to New York. I had to be back 24 hours later, so I was in New York for 24 hours. And um, we got to this hotel. Her security detail did this huge sweep. We were all terrified. I generally don't get too anxious before an interview, but I was awful like I'm really shaky and prepping because I was like I don't want to mess up just don't want to mess this up and um, she was the nicest person I have ever met she commented the so amazing, she walked in, she's like, I love your dress, I love what you're wearing. I was like, I'm disarmed, you've, like, you know, you, you've worked on global peace, we're talking about sartorial <laughs> issues. Um, she was fascinated with, with the bake-off and all these things. <laughs> just the juxtaposition of what, and this is it, this is always it, right? You hold her here, she is just a regular woman over here. And... And someone once said this to me, it sticks with me, women always have the ability to connect on something. You can put 10 women around a dinner table, they will always find common ground. We have an amazing, Alan DeBotton said it yesterday, women are very good at this this connection. We talk about feelings, we talk about how we're doing. But actually, when you get to do that with uh, someone like Hillary Clinton, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're like, Hillary I'm Charisma a Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Obviously, I think we're friends forever. She never calls. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not on her Christmas card list? No, I wasn't. Oh, but, rude. Uh, but it was incredible. It was amazing. And then, you know, I, I should probably mention, we had this very iconic cover with Nigella Lawson. Few years the ago, salted where caramel. Where she was covered in salted caramel. And Nigella Lawson also did a guest edit. And she, I'm not joking, she literally moved into our office. She... Hillary did it in like 24, 48 hours, and then remotely, Nigella would just pop in and <laughs> she, there were these... Um, she cared so much. She really wanted to, this to be the most amazing experience. And we, again, we were slightly in awe of her. She's, you know, this amazing, formidable character. And we were like, oh, how are we going to get her to push the boundaries on this cover? And genuinely, we ditch the salted caramel. We were all like, you say it, you say it. No, you say it. No, we won't ask her. She's not going to want caramel over her head. And uh, she didn't like the idea with pitch. She was not scared to say no. And I think that's something we can uh, all learn boundaries. But Tom, my colleague Tom literally had an idea in the bin, pulled it out and it was this tear and she was like, I love it. It's amazing. And I, her gameness, her desire to really want to create this amazing thing for stylist readers, um, was phenomenal. It really was phenomenal. And genuinely, I've just spotted my colleague Amy, who's sitting there. But I think she came and sat behind the subs desk, didn't she, to make sure we're spelling everything properly. In the, <laughs> I say she was she was absolutely. Um, Insane. So, yeah. But there, there are so many examples of that. The people who work with stylists yeah. really share our sensibilities. I
1: think that Nigella um, cover is so iconic as well. Not just um, with readers, but in the industry. So much so that Tom, uh, photography and director... And, um, I think it was The Guardian recently had Greta Thunberg on the cover <laughs> with oil coming down her face and the director of The Guardian called Tom and said, do you remember that cover with Nigella and the salted caramel? How did you do that? Because we basically want to copy it for Greta Thunberg. I'm sure so that's, that's an industry Iconid. secret.
0: You're probably not supposed to say that. <laughs> Don't tell anyone.
1: Don't tell anyone. Um, over the last kind of, well, 13 years, decade, have the celebrities we admire as women, have they changed?
0: Yeah, I think, I think the whole culture of celebrity has changed. and What what we as women want from our celebrities has changed so much. Every year. You mentioned that um, obviously we were living in a world without Instagram and TikTok. Like social media was just not, we have Facebook, but it just wasn't the same, I think. And actually the um, platforms that celebrities now have, where you have a personal relationship, has changed. But I think what that, that has demanded more is authenticity in people. Um, and actually, when we started, I guess we were in a very big kind of Hollywood mode. You know, we had Angelina Jolie was our first cover star. Um, it was all very big American names. Now I think there's this real shift to, to actually women you can relate to on a more personal basis. And that might be through this authenticity and the honesty that they're sharing. I mean, we had um, Alex Scott in. Um, and Fern Cotton in on Friday. They, they were both talking, you know, the things that they are sharing is just so phenomenal. That would not have happened 13 years ago, would have had a PR in the room going, you can't ask that question. Now everyone is sharing these intimate details, and I think it's because we as women are demanding connection with the people that we aspire to. We, you know, we do it with businesses and brands as well. You know, what we really want to do is share the values of the people that we're going to support with our money, and same with our clicks. You know, every click on our website is a vote for the content. So, you kind of go. Everything we do now, I think we need the validation. We need to know who we're buying into, and so that, that for me, just means there's a huge shift in who are the women that we want to engage with and celebrate and talk to, because we're really lucky to have this huge platform. We speak, like, across all of our platforms, speaks speak to five million women a month. I mean, it is phenomenal. Um, but actually, I want us to be celebrating the right people in those spaces as well. Mm. So I still think we started with this mission to say everyone who enters the sphere as stylists, you've got to have a relationship. They've got to be talented for a reason. We're a bit we were a bit anti-reality TV as well, because we are like, earn your place, earn your space. But now I think actually it's people who use their platform to make a difference. And who are authentic. And who are authentic, as hard as that is to be, actually. I mean, look, that's incredibly challenging for lots of people. But they are sharing bits of their world. So I, th- I think the culture of celebrity has changed full stop.
1: And moving from celebrity to fashion and beauty, which were yours, I mean, you know. Yes, we do feminism. Yes, we do um, you know career, but we do do fashion and beauty a lot of content in um, the Stardust Loves newsletters that I edit. Oh my god, every fashion story is the most click story. Um, what have you learned about what women want from those two areas? Yeah, so I think I think
0: um, I think fashion and beauty has changed for women as well. You know. I always think there's some people who say they don't engage with fashion or beauty. And I'm like, that is a statement in itself. Your choice to not engage with fashion and beauty is a statement about your identity. And I think that's what I think is the joy of fashion and beauty, is that we all get to communicate something about ourselves through how we present ourselves. And that's always been my relationship with the content. Like, it is joyous to enjoy clothes. Like, I love that. We all love that. And I express through black... What I <laughs> what I said. Black grey. All navy, the time. No colour. But it's you know, how I present myself does make a difference. That that is true for all of us. What we're sitting in now, and I don't know how many people will relate to this, is people do not know how to get dressed anymore. like We've lived through this period of being at home, we'd like to be comfortable, we've all got our trainers on, but actually we are not as confident, I think, as we once were in terms of how we present ourselves to the world. And I think that's this incredibly challenging period that we've all been through, has knocked on into areas that we don't even think about, like fashion, like beauty. But Listen, we do love it as a brand. We've got a catwalk and like the most I have had a full makeover between talks. It's like She's <laughs> it's a very such high an important part of, of what we are. And I, I think, you know, there is, there's an old school idea, isn't there, that feminists shouldn't be bothered with fashion and beauty. But our position is express yourself, share your identity, really enjoy it. It's really fun. Don't take it too seriously. I, but we're going to try and handhold everyone, ourselves included, through this experience now of how to get dressed yeah. and how to navigate this new world. Yeah. And we're going to give everyone a lot of dresses, which is your top tip. Oh my isn't God, it? dresses! <laughs> you guys
1: can't get enough of dress content. I'm giving you more. I'm giving you more. Yeah. Um, we work with a predominantly female team. Joyous. We have had a smattering. Of, we have some of,
0: well-selected men. We have some him. well-selected
1: men, <laughs> but you know, predominantly it is a female team. How? How would you describe that experience?
0: I have only worked with all female teams, having... Actually, that's not true. Smash Hits was more uh, gender diverse, but um, on the, predominantly it's been all women on my teams. And I am just the biggest advocate. It has just been the most incredible experience for me. Someone said yesterday, am I going to be the only bloke here at Stylist Live? We are like, very possibly you might be. But I can't see that when I go into a room because this is a normal experience for me. And I love the energy of women coming together. Like, it genuinely does it for me. I'm like, this, this is... This is what I live for actually. So having that on a team and the, the, I now work with some of my best friends because we just share and connect in such a unique way. So there are a lot of misconceptions, particularly in women's magazines that, it, you know, I'm not even gonna repeat it, it's pointless. I'm not giving it air time. It's the because it's just Prada not my effect.
1: experience at all. It's so annoying. Yeah. So annoying. Um, if there's one, if you had to choose one, what's your biggest learning from editing stylist? Listening. Listening. I'm a talker.
0: I have to listen. I have to. I, you know, the power of listening to someone else and their experience that is different from my own and what I can take from that. Uh, about stopping to think. Um, about listening to the people we serve. I think that's. I think it's the biggest. Thing. Actually, can, can I have to listening and kindness? I think. I think they actually probably go together. I think uh, it is very easy to be brusque in life and actually the kindnesses we can do for people on very small levels. So I think that has been a huge learning. At the age of 25 at Smash Hits, so I thought you had to just be terrifying and I wasn't I wasn't that person, I, I couldn't do that. And actually realising and learning and listening and knowing and seeing the responses of the power of kindness and what that can bring and how we are more open and collaborate better when we work in kind cultures. Um, and, you know, the ki- for me, that's extends to what we're doing for our audiences. What kindnesses can we bring? Like, they, fundamentally, this is what I think about a lot at the moment, how we can all live and sort of share that with our team and our audience.
1: Definitely. Um, this is our first Stylist Live in three years. I know. <laughs> I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> um, how have you found it? Anything that you're like, oh, my God,
0: I smile a lot, but I have been really smiling for the last three days. It has been so incredible to have everyone back in the room together so incredible i have hugged a lot of people apologies you might not have wanted it but like it has been just so nice to come together the energy it's brought us actually as a team has been phenomenal we are really grateful for that because this gives us the boost for our next year ahead um it's just i don't i don't think anything beats it zoom does not beat this you know this experience of coming together to reaching out to community i sat on the catwalk um, on Friday, people who didn't know each other were chatting together. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just off the scale.
1: I think also working together as a team. For, you know, we haven't... We've been so, you know, separate and siloed and whatever, and this is our first big thing. We've come together as a team, which has just been amazing. Yeah,
0: and I do, like, gen- genuinely... I, I do want to say this. In fact, I'm going to get you to help me out here because I get to be the front woman. I get all the credit. I, um, you know, I've been on this whole journey, but there are just shy of 100 people that work on Stylist. Most incredible women and a smattering of other people <laughs> in our team. Um, and uh, uh, honestly, without them, we would be nothing. And there are a team who have just slogged it for the last three days. And I really would appreciate, they're in that office up there. If we could just give them a massive round of applause, because.
1: Well done, Stylist events team. They are one. Right. Woo, well, yes. <laughs> They
0: are why we're here, actually. And, uh, you know, I represent them, but they are why we're here. You
1: do. You represent very well, Lisa Smazowski. Thank you very much. I may not be asking you for any fringe-cutting tips <laughs> anytime soon. Um, but if you guys would like to join Think Stylist, which is our brand-new panel, um, which will help us guide the future of content for the magazine and all the different platforms, um, also share your hopes and dreams, because why not? Putting it out there in the universe. Head down to the Stylist stand on the middle floor. It's the one with all the nice pretty pastel um, pieces of paper attached to the wall. I will be there from 2 to 4 if you want to start <laughs> stop by and have a chat um finally thank you so much for coming thank you so much for coming Lisa. was asking and thank you for Happy sharing day, yeah. your thoughts on stylus thank you i hope you enjoyed hearing
0: more about the stylist journey and what we've learned over the years don't forget you can subscribe to stylist every month now to ensure you don't miss a single issue of our print magazine but you can also follow us at stylist magazine on instagram facebook twitter and pinterest and read all of our daily content at stylist.co.uk so lots of ways to access stylist we always love to hear what you have to say so please do dm us your thoughts at any time and let us know what you'd love to read more of Don't forget you can also subscribe to this series of podcasts, Stylist Live Sessions, to make sure you don't miss any of the inspiring live talks. We also have sessions from AJ Odudu, Fern Cotton, Musician Self-Esteem, Comedian Adam Kay, and many, many more. Thanks so much for listening.